Uncle Scar was a pretty bad, like, adult Uncle figure. Uncle Scar was sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Mar Marge. He literally killed Mufasa. <laughs> Who cares about Mufasa? Everyone's like, Mufasa died. I'm like, Scar is crap. Welcome back to another episode of Romance and the Monsters. This week we are discussing a another Immortals After Dark book. It's Sebastian's book by Chris Legal. Did I even say that? But like at this point, everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should know who wrote the yeah, Immortals you need After to know. Dark series. <laughs> um, Maybe say I'm, the title of the book. Did I not say that? You did not, and we didn't get to introduce <laughs> ourselves either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm working on half a brain today, so if I sound weird or I'm like a jumbled mess with my words more than the usual, you know why. <laughs> Please bear with me. Um, anyways, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Romance and the Monsters. This week we are discussing another Immortals After Dark book. Uh, it's No Rest for the Wicked by Cressley Cole, uh, Sebastian's book. Finally, another vampire. I mean, I say finally, like, we read, like, a bunch of books in between. <laughs> we didn't. We read Nikolai's and then Sebastian. We like, just, I think everyone knows your love for vampires. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting yeah. enough vampires, guys. I just yeah. want more. <laughs> um, I'm M. I forgot to say that. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. Like, I don't know why I keep waving like they could see me. <laughs> you can wave at us. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey girl <laughs> um anyways what do we what did we think of this book i've already read it so i want to i keep my opinion at to the end <laughs> should, should i start yeah go ahead yes go ahead okay so i like this book in parts Ooh. i don't know if that's oh. okay i didn't hate it but i didn't love it okay or... So I loved it in parts. Like, I love the characters, but I think what I just didn't really click with was the competition. Mm. Like, I kind of, like, what's what's the point? But, like, I understood why. I don't know. I just, I guess, like, I liked it in parts. I liked the characters. I liked that um, Katrin was, she felt more human to me, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Say. I know she's, like, human, but she felt more human. Like, we got to see her have emotions and her we got to see and understand her backstory why she is the way she is yeah which is kind of surprising considering how she she's like, isn't her name like Catherine the cold or whatever yeah like, <laughs> the cold-hearted but yeah. yeah I think what it is like at least in my perspective what I thought it was was that because she was like cold-hearted and unfeeling for so long and then finally mm -hmm. her emotions start waking up I think it's because she's experiencing emotions for like the first time in a thousand years that's why mm -hmm. she felt more human I think at least in my 
yeah. my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I I would say the same, but I mean, I I still very much enjoyed this book despite the competition aspect of it, which I'm not one for competitions competition books. Like I just. I, I find that oftentimes it just takes away from the romance itself and I'm kind of, I get bored because I don't care as much about the outcome. Like, I'm not here for this. Yeah. Um, so, but I I quite enjoyed this one and I was surprised at the level of angst, I guess you could say. Like, I truly did feel some of the parts in this book. For me, it wasn't as good as the Warlord Once Forever, but... I did get some of those feelings in this yeah. one as well that I didn't get in A Hunger Like No Other. But yeah, I get your point with like the competition for sure. But I, I, I ultimately would say I loved the characters and that I still liked this one more than A Hunger Like No Other, which I don't want this to become like every single time we talk yeah. about uh, Immortals yeah. After Dark. It's, it's like, oh, it's better than that one. I don't like that. I don't like comparing books because, you know, every book is different, especially in the series. Like, they all mm-hmm. feel quite different to me. Yeah. Um, like, they're all doing something that the other ones aren't doing. But, you know, it's kind of hard, too, not to, like, say which one is your favorite or yeah. which is your le- your least favorite. So, yeah. you know. No, um, no, I agree with that. I felt, I don't know, I felt, because I'm reading this book for the second time, um, I totally forgot. Oh, so this was your, only your second time? Reading this book, yeah. Oh, wow, okay, so you, yeah. you, you've never reread it before. Okay. No, I haven't, um, because, like, I don't consider it as, like, one of my faves, so I never really mm-hmm. went back to it whenever I would, like, do a reread or whatever, um, mm. and reread would just be, like, my favorites. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so this one was, um, I went in again, like, I knew the characters, I knew the general idea, like, the competition and all of that, but I totally forgot what happened in the end, so, like, that was a refresher for me. But, yeah, I agree with you guys, the competition really, like, it's not really something I enjoy reading about, or it's, like, not something that I go out searching for to read about, like, competition books in general, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know, I liked the story, but, I mean, it didn't touch me as it touched you, Marge. I think just the ending of it, like, you know, like that big part of the story, which we'll get to later on. That was the only part that I felt something for. But I don't know. I just like I liked it, but I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this book was amazing. Like, I liked it. I liked the characters. I think Katarin was a pleasant surprise because I really thought, like, as you guys said, that she'd be like this cold, like annoyingly evil person, which sometimes like the comments that she said to Sebastian were pretty cutting and cold and like hurt my heart because like Sebastian's such <laughs> a sweet soul. Yeah. <laughs> overall like I liked it but I wasn't like in love with it for like when I say oh there was like angst for the most part the angst came from Sebastian I would Mm. say because because of the whole situation with him uh being turned against his will and like how she despises him and you're like well he's different like just see that about him like he didn't want this he's not evil like don't be mean to him I know know? I know but but so that's for the most part where I have like the angst feelings but I would say yeah kind of kind of like you said towards the end like the end is pretty dramatic it is I don't want to jump into the end right now like 11 minutes into this podcast but the end is very dramatic (laughs) it was like the most dramatic of all of them so far because I mean, spoiler alert, someone literally dies, so. Okay, <laughs> I, can I, I say this like now? I feel like it was a little confusing, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, so you guys are going to have to 
Okay. Um, it was towards the end or close okay. to the end. I mean, do I we just get it? into it or? <laughs> can I just say one thing? Are we talking about yeah. the end or we're going to talk about it later? Whatever you guys want. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Or we also didn't do a synopsis of the story. Oh, my God. We just went Did in talking about the competition <laughs> and the characters. <laughs> well, better late than never. All right. Yeah. Uh, Seth, what is this book about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we start off um, in Estonia or was it just Russia? I don't know. Anyways, in one of like. I don't know, actually. I just, you know, it's in, it's in that area. All right. It's in Russia, Estonia, mm-hmm. wherever. Anyways, so. Um, Katerin here is of this vampire that's been, like, haunting this castle for the longest while. And she goes and she's like, okay, got to kill the vampire before I start preparing for the Talisman's High, which is, like, this big competition that happens every 250 years. And it's just um, finding these artifacts and special items for this goddess Riora. I don't know mm-hmm. how you say it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. so at the end, um, the winner wins, like, this, like, priceless prize. And it's just everyone wants it because of how, like, amazing it is, I guess. Anyways, so she meets the vampire in the castle. And that happens to be our Sebastian Roth, who happens to be one of Nikolai's brothers. Uh, one of his estranged brothers because um, Sebastian, as you find out, did not want to become a vampire and very much hates his existence and hates being a vampire and is just basically waiting to die. And it's just like, it's so heartbreaking. Like, he she's is reading waiting his inner thoughts. to die. Like, yeah. that right there is something I love in romance novels. Sorry, I just literally <laughs> cut off the synopsis halfway through just to say this, but... When the hero wants to die, or the heroine, whatever, um, when one of them is just so angsty and is like, there's nothing left in this life for me. But it's so sad. It ends here, and you're like, no, don't die. You're going to find love and be happy again. I know. And then his love literally finds him in Katarin, and then he's like, wait. This is like the infamous bride I've been hearing about that I'll have one of these days. And then like, they, they literally blooded each other. Is what yeah. Happens. Yeah. They did. Because, yeah, she blooded him physically, but he, as she also said, that he um, made her feel emotionally. So I, do, I loved that. I thought that was well, so Well, because cute. she has a curse. She had a curse on her or something yeah. like that, right? Like, a, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what she calls it, but he essentially, like, removes that for her. Yeah. So she no longer is just cold. She starts feeling emotions and... She starts grieving about, like, her past, like, with her sisters dying, and then she starts feeling lust, <clears throat> which we uh, open the book up with such an intense scene. Yeah, is a recurring is a recurring theme in the series so far of, like, yeah, it's faded mates, blah, 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 and, like, the, the guys finally find their one true mate, but the opposite is also true for the women in this series because so far we've had Emma who when she meets Lachlan she's like I've never experienced pleasure before mm-hmm. like she's never felt sexually attracted to anyone before at least that that was my understanding of of like her story and he's the first to finally make her feel and then there was Mist who had the chain and like Nikolai was the only one who was ever able to break it so he essentially broke her punishment yeah. And then in this one is Sebastian and, and Katerin, and Katerin was like unfeeling until she met Sebastian, who broke her curse too. Exactly. So it's like, 
it's like a recurring thing. Um, Which so I think far, is like least. I feel like needed because they are mates, and like not just yeah. on the male's perspective, but also on the female's perspective. And like I love that there's like that equal balance between the two. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not just important for the men. Like, oh, he's finally found his mate. Like, no, yeah. you feel how important it is for for the women too. Like, they yeah. too are gaining something out of this. Exactly. Anyway, go back to the synopsis. Oh, okay. I don't know where you were. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So some intense, lusty things happen, but then Katerin wakes up and is like, actually, no, I hate vampires. I do not want to have sex with a vampire. And then she like bolts herself out of there. She's just gone. And poor Sebastian's like, I finally have a meaning for life now. I have my bride. I need to find her. I need to be with her. And he walks outside (laughs) in the sun and burns for her. (laughs) This is what I mean when I say angst is always, like, Sebastian. Like, I was like, oh, damn. Plus, like, you just hear about, like, Nikolai wondering where his brother is. Oh, yeah. And he just learns that. Like, your brother is outside burning right now. I love that part with Nick's. Yeah. yeah. The whole little situation where yeah. she's telling him where he's I fucking I love Nick's. I, I do. Right? Okay, I was going to ask guys how you felt about her. But I love yeah. that Valkyrie so much. I mean, I love her because, okay, I, at this point in time, I've read the next book too. So I even, like, I love her even more because Yeah, because I think she had a bigger... She has a big role in that one. Anyways, love Nyx. Yeah. (laughs) So then... (laughs) So then, sorry, um, Katarin is entering the high, and then we also see Bowen, who is our hero, uh, or I guess our, our main male character we'll say, of book four or three, however you look at it. Um, And then also Sebastian decides to enter the competition. And then, well, basically only enters it because he wants to impress and... um, He wants to win it for her. He's so old-fashioned. I know. And then I love how Katarin's like, nah, this is not how it works. I've been winning this for the past thousands and thousands of years. Like, no, this is my competition. Stand back, boy. I just love it. (laughs) And, like, I just, like, I don't know. I thought it was so funny when um, the nymphs were, like, they turned back into logs. And then you just hear their little, like, voices yeah. as they were, um, like, checking out Sebastian. And, like, as Sebastian was talking to Katarin and, like, they're like, ooh, what happened with Valkyrie and the vampire? And I'm like, what the heck? And we're just hearing them talk through logs. I just thought it was so funny. The story continues on. And then we have the whole... Um, competition going on and it's pretty intense and gruesome it is but they can't kill each other so is it though but i mean they could die momentarily and come back so like you still are killing bowen is rootless in this competition which for reasons right that so the big prize of this competition was a key that allows you to go back in time to alter anything that you needed to alter um, so Katerin wants to go back in time to save the sisters that were massacred by vampires, which is why she hates vampires so much, is that she lost her family from them. And then Bowen, who joins the competition because he wants to go back in time to save his mate from dying. So, I mean, he has he has a lot invested in this competition. And I felt like reading his helplessness in the end and like throughout the series not throughout the series but throughout the book it's just like it's so sad because he like really needs this key to find his mate and it's just like heartbreaking i just love bowen guys 
So my question is, how relevant are those sisters to the rest of the series? Oh, they're... Do I, they actually get books or are they just No, forgotten? because I forgot about them. You forgot about them? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, for, I, didn't, I didn't even remember her saving her sister. Spoiler. So we'll I, almost, I almost wish that... And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I almost wish that, like, the climax of the book would have been them giving up the competition. Because why go in the past then? Like, why go in the past to retrieve your, retrieve your sisters when, like, I don't know. There was, I, I just, I felt weird about it. I don't like, Not, like, messing with Did you time. want, like, some type of, like, purpose <laughs> of them coming back? Well, I mean, if if they were going to be, you know, characters, uh, like, have their own books somewhere down the line, then mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, but... Because it, it created this weird thing where they had to, like, essentially be modernized. Like, they had to learn, yeah, <laughs> like, how to speak. And, like, it created, like, a little bit of drama because they weren't cool with Nikolai being in the picture yeah. and... I, I kind of just wish that the decision had been, like, let's not change the past. You know what I mean? Like, the past is the past. Let's just move forward. No, I, I totally agree with that. And I didn't like how, um, quote-unquote, like, happy ending it was. Because I felt like, you know, that's literally Katerin's dream was to save her sisters. And she got it. And then we're, like, all happy. We're all together. And then... Yeah obviously Sebastian now can go into the past and save his family that had passed away so it's just well, no he can't he can't because they used no no, both. no. at the end of he the yeah. at the end of the oh, book yeah. Oh, yeah. Sent yeah. The no key. I didn't like that I didn't like that yeah. why would he want to go over Reg- like I just let the dead people stay dead unless it's Katerin like I liked that that she died and like it would have been more angsty for me if there was only one time you could use the key and he had to use it on her because yeah. she just died. And, like, then then it's, like, angstier because she's, like, no, I was supposed to use that for my sisters. And then she can't use it anymore and no one can. And, like, that would be much angstier to me. Yeah. But I also feel like it was... Okay, for me, it's, like, I don't think Katerin would reach that ultimate happiness if she didn't find a way to save her sisters. Because in her head, she believes it was her fault. And she wouldn't let herself fully feel that happiness and that love that she felt with and for Sebastian I felt like that was why we had to go back and save them but yeah I agree I think it should have been a one-time thing but I also feel like the angst came after when Sebastian was like she's gonna forget me but at the same time I'm letting her choose her happiness like he's choosing her happiness over his own and I'm like this is the angst that was the angst I think that was the angst that that we all needed. needed Of him being like, it's fine, she'll come back, but she'll forget about me, she won't even know yeah. I exist, yeah. but it's alright because she's happy and that's all I want. And I was like, yeah. baby. <laughs> and I think, like, Hatter needed to see, like, that's how much he loved her. It wasn't just about, like, her being his bride, it was he fell in love mm-hmm. with her and wanted yeah. her to have the ultimate happiness that she's dreamed of having. Yeah, I feel like that went, like, above and beyond. Yeah. Things, yeah. Like, you know. I just, like, his character, like, surprised me. I'm not, as you said, like, I've already said this, but I'm not someone that goes for, like, the sweet, soft boy type, but Sebastian he just... He was a, a sweet, soft boy type. Yeah. You're right. Like, I didn't think about that. He was, and very romantic. 
he was very uh, clumsy when he was a human too. Very clumsy. Very. Oh, he was such a big dork. Like I forgot. a big virgin, you know. Yes. I love that because about he's him. so big. I love yeah. how he's just so big, and he's always this been like really self conscious of that because of like mm-hmm. how women treated him because of his bigness. Yeah. Like I'm and sorry. How they feared him. If hot Sebastian. Hulking, hot, muscular, beautiful man that, you know, as he's described as, came up to me and, and is like, can I lift your skirt? I'd have been like, yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> no, right? And then, like, yeah. that scarred him. Don't want to get into, like, who's the monster yet. But, like, that scarred him for real. Like, it, it follows him in every single one of his encounters with a female character, not just Katarin, but literally any female he meets. Like, he's always very aware of himself and, like, mm-hmm. his body and how he comes off as, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, I don't know, I also, I feel like we're jumping around all the time. Yeah, we totally are. But when are we not? <laughs> okay. But I will say, like, when he finally, like, because we start off with this book with him hating who he is and hating that he was a vampire until the point he reaches... That he sees, like, disgust on Katarin's face. And he's like, you know what? Enough of that. No, I love yeah. myself. Like, yeah. you can go on hating me, but I love me. And that's all that matters. And I was like, yeah. Sebastian, yes. And, like, it's just, like, that's, like, his turning point. And that's when, like, he becomes such an amazing man and character. I was rooting for him from the beginning. And, like, finally, he started, like, being comfortable in his sexuality and comfortable in who he is as a vampire. And it's just... That's, ex- like, you know who Sebastian actually reminds me of? Emma because they both had very low self-esteem and they both had to prove to themselves that they could they were capable and Mm -hmm. worthy Mm -hmm. and for me again I'm there I go comparing them but like for me when you compare the two I saw the progress the progress that Sebastian went through better of him understanding no yeah you know what I'm totally worthy even if she doesn't think so like I'm capable I'll win this for you just Mm -hmm. watch me you know what I mean which was if you listen to the that a hunger like no other episode was one thing I struggled with it was like for me Emma's worth was always tied to Lachlan and I know you're not like super well I mean you're allowed to disagree but like, I just, for me, I, I like, I never fully got the the impression that she could have, like, stood on her own, if that makes sense. Like, she was just kind of tied to Sebastian, him. he did it for himself, and for her, it was connected to Lachlan. Yeah, kind of. Because he was so into her, whereas in this one, it was the opposite, where Katarin was still very against him, and he was like, you know what, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not gonna stand for that. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I felt like Emma was independent to a point in the end. Like, I don't know. She was. She was. So I feel like, I mean, I get your comparison between Sebastian and Emma, but I felt like Sebastian's growth as a character was more visible to us because he was more vocal about it. Whereas, like, Emma was more, like, in her actions, she became more independent and started loving herself. Yeah. Here's where I think the difference is. For Emma, my issue is that she started noticing her own worth because of Lachlan's attention. Do you get my point? By the end, she was, you know, fully, like, she, like she was fierce and badass and, like, doing all the things. But 
I feel like her journey started with his appreciation of who she is as opposed to in in this book being the opposite. But didn't that happen with Sebastian as well? He realized his worth as a person that like his life had meaning because of Katerin and then he also realizes oh shoot I'm worth more than what anyone else ever thinks of me because of Katerin because of her like constant rejections. So in part their growth as characters were because of their mates. At least in how I see it. I mean, it's not inherently a bad thing. Like, I don't want to sound like it's a bad thing. Like, I understand that sometimes, yeah, the opinions of other people do affect how you feel about yourself. Like, oh, 100%. 100% agree. So yeah. I'm not saying it's inherently a bad thing. Like, if you feel desired, you feel good about yourself. Like, that's True. just the thing, you know? If you don't feel desired, then you kind of feel like you're invisible and no one sees you. You know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, it, to me, they read differently. I don't know. Maybe it's just because one of them is a man and one of them is a woman. And, like, obviously we experience life differently. So are we done with the synopsis or did I cut you off um, I mean, I got cut off. But at the same time, <laughs> I feel like people got the general idea of, you know, what this book was about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed it. But, as I said, it wasn't, like, my favorite story. But Sebastian was a big factor as to why I enjoyed this story. Because I just felt like his character was just so... Like, this, like, Cressy Cole's known for writing these big alpha men that know the best and, like, only thinks about their females. But at the same time, she, like, writes them as, like, strong characters. Whereas, like, Sebastian is very strong. But I also felt like he was so vulnerable and, like, was so sad. He had to, as we said, grow as a character... But, like, also, like, he was more considerate, I think, of his female than a lot of other characters that, like, Cressy yeah. Cole's written about. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I feel like it had to do a lot with his experience, too, right? What he went through and when he was a human and then what? When they have sex and then she rejects him, he's like, what did I do wrong? I know. <laughs> like, right away he thinks he's done something wrong yeah. or that he's she's afraid of him or she despises him or she didn't like what they did or whatever and I'm like it's not you and then she <laughs> kind of questions that too because he kind of held back when they were when they were making out I think in the beginning she kind of questions that right like why why did he stop like why did he hesitate yeah, yeah. he's just such a sweet soft considerate boy who happens to be a vampire and usually we don't like that type and exactly yeah, here we are so I mean I feel like that's a testament to uh, his character I, I just love, let's just get into the ending. Cause yeah, the be ending, like, here we go. That's, that's, that's like the, the, what's the, the expression? Like this, this, what, what am I trying to say? Like the big thing in the book, like the. The climax? The... No, like what makes it better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Does that okay. make sense? What am I the, thinking of? The highlight? I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll use that one. That wasn't the, that wasn't the one I was looking for. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm not in Marge's mind to pull it out of your brain. <laughs> So let's get into the highlight of this book, the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Katerin dies. <laughs> and it was so heartbreaking. Okay, so that's where that's where my confusion comes in. Because, I okay, so let's start. So I remember... Can we explain when... the scene first and then you... Okay, 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 okay go ahead. ahead. Okay, yeah. Okay. Because I feel like if we, like, you know, try yeah, to explain yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. it kind of loses the impact of the scene. Okay, okay. yeah, go ahead. So they're uh, looking for something. <laughs> 
So they're looking for the final. Is it the key? Are they literally? Yes, they're. No, no, no. It's not the key. It's the final. Um, the final item that Riora wants, and once they, once she gets it, they get the key. Okay, so this item is located in what they call essentially where immortals go to die Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like i understood it as like a cave where there's like a fire dragon or whatever yeah (laughs) and there's like lava and anyway it's like very um intense and katarin goes and she's been told by nyx who nyx has never foreseen the death of any of the valkyries but in the case of katarin during the story she calls katarin and is like you're gonna die um, yeah. And Kettering is like, oh, okay. <laughs> which, again, adds angst to the story, which I liked. Um, anyways, so Kettering goes despite knowing that that's the day she will die. But not before, not before Sebastian, um, once he drinks her blood, he gets her memories, which we know. True. Um, and he sees the conversation with Nyx. Wasn't, Wasn't that in the beginning? What, when he drinks her blood? Yeah. No, it was no. drink. Is drink a word? Drank. When he drank, that's the past tense. Isn't it in the beginning when he drinks some of her blood by mistake? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so he, like, nicked her and he, like, he took some of her blood. But then, um, was it when he was healing or was that in the end? I don't know. Anyways, so I think because of that little nick, he got, like, a lot of her memories. And then he also happened to see her conversation with Nyx um, that she's going to die um, the next full moon, which happened to be the day or the night of the uh, last co- last activity in the competition. Full moon. Yeah, it was supposed to be the full moon. Okay. Uh, can I just say, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but can I just say I loved the scene where Katerin learns that she's going to die? I thought that was so yeah. um, realistic like her reaction like she's mm-hmm. she's shocked and at the same time she's like whoa like like I don't know I really felt for her in that scene because I felt like she was like I've lived for so long that if it happens you know I gotta it happens and like I think she like also was sad about it which she also talked about yeah. that like she wished she had more time with Sebastian because you know she found him when she was about to die and like that was so heartbreaking um, so she goes, even if she, even though she knows she's going to die. And then Sebastian learns that she's going to die. And then he teleports there to like help her out. No, hello. You're getting the scene wrong. So what happens was he finds out that, um, she's going to die from her memories. And then he's obviously heartbroken because he's like, he can't lose his brides. You know, he can't lose her anyway. So he locks her up with the chains on her bed and he's like, you're not going because if you go, you're going to die. And she's like, bitch, no, I'm going. And like literally is like these chains are only enchanted for vampires and like literally like snaps out of them while Sebastian is trying to get a plane. Yeah, he was he was going to win the competition for her. But at the same time, she already went. She's already there. And he gets there in time to see her on the cable mm-hmm. on her way to get the last um, item. And then that's when the drama happens. Because the cable breaks, the dragon comes out or whatever, and Katarin falls. But not before him holding her hand and begging her to hold on. And then she's like, I'm going to let go now. And then um, that's when my tears start. 
But then also he's trapped beneath boulders and, like, he can't give his, like, all his strength to pull her up. And, like, guys, can I say, so last night as I was reading it, um, I was listening to, like, intense dramatic instrumental music. And, like, it just, like, it just happened to click in at the same time that, like, Katerin's dying in, like, the pit. And I'm, like, the music was so emotional. (laughs) And I'm there, like, crying. This is why reading and listening to music at the same time is, like, perfect sometimes. Like, it just enhances the experience. Yeah, and I feel like Cressy Cole is such a great writer. Like, her imagery is just, like, so, like, there. And, like, you just see the scene play out in your head. And you're like, wow. Like, I'm, I honestly thought I was watching a movie because of how dramatic my, like, my, like, my mind was at that point. <laughs> it was by far the most intense ending of any of the books so far, I would say, yeah, right? Yeah, I thought that was a really good ending. Oh, yeah. The only thing is that then Katerin dies, and Nikolai is like, I wish he had, like, a more intense reaction. You mean Sebastian? Yeah. You said Nikolai. I'm still not over him. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> um, they are brothers, though. So I wish Sebastian had had a more intense reaction. Like, he didn't really have one yeah. because he knew of the key. But I kind of wish she had given him, I don't know, like a paragraph or two to, like, swim in his own um, grief. No, I agree. <laughs> Whatever. Please. Like, be a little bit emo for a little while yeah. and then come out of it and be like, no, I'm going to get the key and I'm going to get her yeah, back. Yeah, because you know I, mean? I felt like... He had that moment where he's like, oh, no, I can't lose my bride. But at the same time, he also didn't believe that the key would work. So I felt like Mm -hmm. him having a more emotional reaction to her death would have been, I think, in my eyes, better. Because I felt like I needed to feel that phantom heartache syndrome, you know? Like, I needed to feel that kick in. And, like, while I was feeling emotional because Katerin's dead and we don't... I forgot how it, like, played out. And then we have Bowen, like, barreling his way. And it's like, I'm going to get the key. And, right? like, that was if dramatic anything, in itself. Bowen's reaction is more intense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he he thinks that this is his way of getting his mate back. And it's ripped away from him. And his reaction, I was feeling it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I yeah. felt for him in that moment. Because throughout the whole book, like, Bowen is really present in this book and you really start feeling for him Mm -hmm. I you know I was intrigued in A Hunger Like No Other when he was there but this book really yeah I don't know it really made me interested in his story because by the end you're like well this boy is broken because I also feel like it's (laughs) I don't know how he's gonna come back from this (laughs) because I also feel like it's down to the fact that he's been alone for like how many hundreds Mm -hmm. of years and it's like he was so close to touching his mate thousand and then it's he, he's been alone for over a thousand like he's 1200 years old or oh, something okay like that. so yeah it's been so long and he's like i can finally go back in time to save my mate i failed in saving my mate but then that chance is ripped away from him he even offered sebastian like you use it once you save katarin and then i'll save my mate and then sebastian's like no i need both chances pause I need to correct myself. He's 1,200 years old, but he only, he lost his mate 200 years ago. So you're right. It's only been a couple hundreds. Anyway, so this comes down to um, your question, (laughs) S. What was your question about the end? So, okay, so that part, you kind of answered it because I remember him locking her up and then she does get out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it kind of felt like a dream when she was 
at least that's how I read it, as if it was kind of like a dream where she was that, caught that in the she, lava, and when she like lets go. I mean, like, it kind of felt like it, it might have been written that way, just because maybe she wasn't like she didn't fully understand what was going on or like fully realize what was going on. Maybe so maybe that was why it felt that way. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe and then just the the fact. Or the way she came back. Oh, yeah. And then the way what's that goddess kind of explains everything with the keys. and Yeah. So that part kind of, I guess, kind of confused me. Like, it, did it really happen? Was it a dream? Mm. Was it just, you know? I never understand time travel, okay, guys? I love Doctor Who. I do, but I never understand time travel. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, though. Yeah. I adore, I adore the scene where, even though I don't particularly like that they brought the sisters back, I adore the fact that he sees her on the battlefield, mm-hmm. like, past her, and he's, like, looking at her, like, entranced, and then he sees, like, that she's battling some vampire, and he, like, kills someone that's about to, like, whatever, and then she's Get like, oh, don't way. worry about past me, like, I killed that dude in, like, five seconds. I know, I love Katarin, I love how badass she Because <laughs> he was gonna help her out, like, help out her past self, I just love it. <laughs> but, can I also say, I love, I've already said it, but I'll say it again, um, I love how dorky and nerdy Sebastian was, yes. that he got so turned on by... Katarin's brain when she was like explaining like time travel with him and like they were talking about it yeah. and I'm like I love that he's so turned on he's like he finds her brain so attractive and I'm like why can't this be like more of a like a common trope in romance novels like I love that he's so attracted to it I wrote down uh, I wrote down a note that's that says I adore the scene where they both discover their total nerds <laughs> Because, yeah, they were. Yeah. And I was like, they were just, like, back and forth, like, stuff that I couldn't even understand. And I was just like, you know what? You're cute. Like, you understand each other. That's all that matters. <laughs> even if I don't understand. Right? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But, like, you guys are cute, so carry on. But, um, S, what did you think of, like, Bowen, like, in this book? Like, did he stand out to you? Like, how did you feel about his character? I felt for him with his situation and him trying to retrieve the key for, you know, to get back his... His, what is it? No, he's a, he's a lie case yeah. of what is his mate? His mate, his yeah. Mate. Um, but I don't know. I'm still not, I'm not as like, I don't know, as excited to read his book. Like I'm interested, but I'm, it's not that excitement's not there yet. Have you figured out so who his mate could be? Once I, no. Was there a clue in this book? Mm. Was there a bit of a clue where you're just like, oh. I mean, things happened. Do you know that the next book is Bowen and Mary it's, Kitta? She didn't search it up, oh. <laughs> but yeah. No, I didn't. Like, no, I haven't read none of the synopsis or anything like that. Okay, so, so it's Mary Kidd out oh. in Bowen. Yeah, the witch that cursed him to not be able to heal is his mate. Well, I mean, in the, not the mate, but like. So oh, that's okay, why it so. overlaps. That's why Bowen's book and Sebastian's book overlap, because part of Bowen's plot is takes place in this book. Mm-hmm. And then goes forward. Okay, so for the since you already read it, does the yeah. competition is it a huge part? In it his is, book? but not for yeah, long. not for long. Or like okay. I don't know, like 20-30% of the book, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Roughly, I don't know. No, yeah, and then you get to see what happens to like after. Yeah, like after that, and also like you'll see, it's really good, and like the repercussions of Bowen's actions. That's what you. Got oh to see. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Can we? talk about the scene 
where she goes to a club oh yes to seduce the, yes! the, the cartel okay. men and he yeah. comes and uh, sebastian comes and he is like uber alpha like no no shit's taken by that point he's so jealous and i was yeah squealing yeah and then that's when he's like if you sleep with this man if you leave with this man know that i'm gonna yeah. sleep with all of the nymphs here just know it yes but, like, it's heartbreaking because she, like, kind of thinks that he's going to sleep with the nymphs because he had to leave. Um, because, sorry, she had well, to he leave. Well, th- he thinks she slept with him. She thinks she he slept with the other women. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. says, great. And it turns out Neither they didn't. Did. <laughs> yeah. I love the little jealousy. The little I jealousy game that they had going the on. the jealousy. He's like, why are you dressed like that? Why are you here? Why are you next to this man? Why do you want to fuck this man? <laughs> you shouldn't be fucking anyone but me. <laughs> And then, like, I, okay, what also killed me, like, I'm bringing back, like, the beginning. Like, it bring like, also talks about, like, his, like, not shaming of her outfit choices, but, like, he just, like, lacks the understanding, like, oh, this is kind of, like, the modern clothes of, like, today's day and age. Yeah. And, like, when the names, um, when he was, like, questioning Catherine with her short-ass skirt, and then um, he's, like, why are you dressed like this? And then, like, you hear the names, like, in the woodwork, and they're, like, oh, no, he didn't. And then, like... The other nymph was like, he did. <laughs> I'm just, like, dying. I'm like, <laughs> these little, like, tidbits of, like, humor in the story. Like, it just, I don't know. Christy Cole's good at, like, their sarcastic humor and, like, the little quirky humor. Like, I think she's so good at that. Yeah. And she's also great at starting her books exactly where they need to start. Oh. Like, I feel like four books in, I I feel confident saying that she always... She always goes straight to the action. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it starts exactly where you would want it to yeah. start, and never you're never like oh she doesn't I wish drag it, had it started on. like later, or I wish it mm-hmm. started sooner. Yeah. Like you never miss out on anything. Like she knows exactly what her readers want to see. She knows what's exciting about the pairing, and she's like, I'm gonna give you exactly what mm-hmm. you're asking for here. Yeah. Um, and then this book was like exactly that. Like it starts off right away like first chapter first page they meet you know what i mean like that's that's what we like we don't like a book that takes forever for you to get to the exciting yeah. parts you know no mm-hmm. i agree and i think it's also due in part that like yeah they do meet and yeah they find out that they're mates but i feel like it's still a long road for them to get to that point where they're like yes we're together so i feel like yeah it makes sense that she starts like as you said in the action because like who cares about like before <laughs> <laughs> exactly who cares um yeah and and you know so many books especially in paranormal obviously um you know part of the plot is them not knowing their mates or whatever yeah. and then they finally learn that they are whereas i feel like she's kind of going against that here um, yeah with them learning right away what they are or not always but you know most of the time learning right away what they are and then it's about ex- accepting that yeah because obviously, you have to overcome some things about yourself. You have to learn to love yourself before you can accept someone as your mate. And that's kind of the plot of every single exactly. one of these books. Exactly. But anyways, this brings us to our question. Who do you think mm-hmm. is the monster of the story? Or who or what is the monster of the story? Well, I, th- I think for Sebastian, um, for him, the thing that he definitely needed to learn to love was himself and, like, his new self. Yeah. Like, le- learning to let go of the past, essentially, of, like, what happened and what he became and, like, 
actually, mm-hmm. which actually reminds me of the scene where um, Katerin finally, which is kind of like, what's the monster for Katerin? Katerin's monster is like her hatred of vampires. vampires yeah. and, and I love the scene where on page, like her learning to love what he is or like accept what he is, maybe not love, but uh, when she brings him blood, mm-hmm. knowing that he's weak, which is just like showing on page that she's learning to forget that part of him of him or like learning to accept it. Um, yeah. But what do you guys think? I feel like I didn't like I didn't work that. No, well. I get it. It's <laughs> like that was her turning point and like, yeah, he's a vampire. Let me get him food because, you know, we had a great night last night. He's probably tired um, and hungry. Yeah, I get that she, you know, hates her va- the vampires and everything that they stand for because they killed her sisters and because, like, they've just been their enemies for thousands and thousands of years. But at the same time, I just feel like it was just so hard to swallow. Like, it's who he is. And, like, I, yeah, he learns to love himself as a person, as a vampire, and, like, accepts that that's his future now. Like, he's forever going to be a vampire. That's not going to change. I think it's just, like, I don't know. I felt like, I don't know. Like, she just hated him for so long and for, like, so hard that I was just, like, he can't help who he is. And it's, like, being a vampire is who he is. And you can't really change that. So I think, yeah, going in the past to save her sisters, were, like, it was a big part in fully accepting who Sebastian was. Because she hates vampires for a good reason. But it's also, like, it was hard to read about because Sebastian isn't like other vampires. And, like, she wasn't, like, moving on that idea that vampires are all the same. Um, I love the morning after where when, like, he wakes up and she's not there and he's like, oh, okay, so this is it. You know what I mean? Like, he, he thinks that she didn't like it or whatever. Yeah. And then he sees her letter and he reads, like, her little note and he's the little ex. He's like, oh, we're on, on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like that's that for him is like the confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. That was a cute moment. And then he goes after her. He goes after her, but then Bowen finds him and like pushes him off a freaking cliff. And then like he's drowning and burning for days. I know. And Katarin is like off fighting and finding other items for the competition. And she's like, "Why is he not coming to help me?" And then he arrives and he's like, "I was just freaking drowning for days. Like <laughs> that's why I wasn't here." <laughs> yeah. They grew to be a cute couple, I will say. They did. Yeah. They did. But they're believable. They're believable yeah. to me. I agree as well. Yeah, they are believable. So, yeah, I agree with your, like, um, the idea that the monster for Sebastian, like, is his past and overcoming, you know, who he is. Um, that was his monster because mm-hmm. I felt like he would not, I don't even think he would have, over like, ever overcome it if he never found Katerin. Um, But, yeah, and her monster is her past. Like, I think that's what I came out yeah. of the book thinking. What's interesting is that for Nikolai... He, too, had to accept what he was, but in the sense of thinking vampires are monsters and thinking that he's not supposed to drink blood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of that was part of the story for him. And it's similar with Sebastian, but different because for Sebastian, it's like one layer deeper because it's not just the vampire aspect aspect of him. It's the physical aspect of him, like he his size his body like he feels like he constantly needs to hide who he is whether he's a vampire or not like he felt the same even before being turned um 
So I, I thought that was interesting how it's like one layer. Yeah, I agree. But it's also he never wanted to be a vampire. So he was yeah, turned against yeah. his will. So that's another added layer. And this brings mm-hmm. me to my next question is um, what did you guys think of like Nikolai and Sebastian's reunion? Because like Nikolai was the person who did turn him against his will because he couldn't bear being alone and couldn't bear being without his brothers. Um, so what did you guys think of his character in this story and, like, seeing Sebastian's perspective on how he was turned and, like, their reunion? Because I feel like when stories are told in a different perspective, you see a different way. Because I felt like in Nikolai's book, it was more of, like, he felt like he was doing the right thing. And then in this book, you realize mm-hmm. maybe he wasn't. He was a little, no, he was a little, maybe it kind of seemed a little selfish. Yeah. In a way, Yeah. It's all about perspectives, right? Like, I and I love that because she's really playing with perspectives of you're reading one book and the character does one thing and you're like, what? You're wrong doing that. And then you read that character's book and they explain why they did mm-hmm. it. And you're like, no, you know what? I, I kind of get where you, where you come from. It's kind of like Bowen. Like, he does a mm-hmm. bunch of horrible things in this yeah. book. But then, but then you're like, but I also understand why you're doing this, but you're hurting these other characters. Yeah. <laughs> like. I just I love that she's not she's not scared of of um yeah like just playing with perspectives and and reminding you that what you think is right could also be wrong according to someone else's opinion. You know? No, I agree. Mm-hmm. And like I felt like Sebastian's like actions when they first met were justified because like we only know Nikolai as like the sweet noble like general who loves Miss to know like no and sweet. My Nikolai's not sweet. <laughs> I don't know who you read about. <laughs> no, I mean, like, in the sense where, like, you know, he he's there for Mist, and he only just cares about his brothers, right? Mist and his brothers, that's all he cares about. But then in this book, you realize Sebastian's been harboring, like, hate for Nikolai for years, hundreds of years, and it's, like, it's not going to go away. And, like, I think they can learn to move past it, but... Yeah, now Sebastian is grateful that he's a vampire because he gets Katarin, but at the same time, it's still, like, that hate is embedded within him because he's hated Nikolai and Murdoch for hundreds of years. And, like, I just thought it was, like, I, th- I loved, yeah, as you said, Cressy Cole's take on perspective and, like, how she includes him in her stories, I think are, like, the way she does it is phenomenal. And I think you realize also in her later books, so in Bowen's book, when you get his perspective on that, competition I feel like it was a different take so you're not rereading the same situations in the story and like so you see like his perspective and you're like oh all right and then later on in the other books you also see other situations play out in different books with different perspectives and like I love how she does that and like brings something new each time she talks about perspective and like gives another perspective I said this before in the last podcast but I'll say it again like I appreciate that whenever she puts something on the page, she's very aware that that thing can be explored in various ways. Mm -hmm. And she always does. You know, some writers would be like, oh, I'll just have a competition and have that be that, you know what I mean? And then never explore it again and only explore it from the perspective of the two main characters and that's it. But she's like, no, you know what? That's boring. Like, why would I do that? Like, I'll use this and, and show a different side of this or you know, I'll have this brother turn this other brother into a vampire. And, the, and like, that's fine for the one brother's story. But it's like, well, what about the other yeah. brother? Like, how about he saw this thing? Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I just appreciate that how she's constantly, like, sort of circling the same things over and over again, but from different sides so that you really feel like you 
you have a good grasp on everything that's going on in the in the mm-hmm. world at the time you know what I mean and I also feel like the idea of like choice being taken away was like from Sebastian was like it left a scar on him to the point where like he had the chance to go back in time to bring his sisters back but then he's like I'm not going to take away the choice from his brothers he has to find Conrad talk to Nikolai and Murdoch and see if that's what they want to do and like I think it's really telling of his character like how different he is from Nikolai. Not that Nikolai yeah. was a bad character, but it was just like he like believes in the value of choice. And I just think obviously it's from his own past and his own like situation and like everything that happened. But I also felt like he's different than Nikolai in that sense. Because I feel like if Nikolai had the key, I felt like he would have went back in time and no, like not even an, like a thought to save his family. Because that's what he thought he was doing when he turned them all was saving his family. Probably because he feels like the protector, you know what I mean? Like, they don't have the same role in the family. True, and he is the eldest Um, brother. Yeah, exactly. So, to answer your question, how did we feel about their meeting? I liked that, I liked that um, Sebastian doesn't forgive him right away. Right away, Like, it's a a process. Mm -hmm. Like, they see each other a couple times, and then at at one point in the book, like, they actually have a conversation about it, mostly because Sebastian needs his help Mm -hmm. um, understanding Katerine, but I liked that it wasn't, like, instant or whatever. I agree. It was realistic. Mm -hmm. And and even, like, I would say that by the end of the book, I'm not 100% convinced that they've fully gotten over what happened, and and I appreciate that. Like, it's, it's... when it's something that's lasted like hundreds of years you know a grudge that's lasted so long for reason like important real reasons then I feel like it's not gonna just go away like that no I totally agree and like I like Cressy Cole's I like I, I just like that as you said it's not something that's solved in like a book it's it's a grudge like you said it's like I don't know I think it was like 300 years I, I forgot how old Sebastian was Anyways, it's just a long time, and I like that it wasn't just, like, a tie a bow and it's perfect between them because they still have other brothers that Mm -hmm. they still need to reconcile with, and it's just, like, it's, like, I don't know. I love how she took that situation and, like, worked it into the story because I felt like forgiveness is is such a big thing, I feel like, in our lives as well. Reading about it and experiencing it with these types of characters in this situation is just, it makes it more real and make the characters more relatable because as like as I already said like forgiveness is a big thing in all humans yeah and I mean forgiveness is you know to go back to like who's the monster in this book like is sort of a monster in and of itself or I mean maybe not forgiveness but you know Katerin has to forgive yeah um Sebastian for being a freaking vampire you know what I mean like she has to you know you have to sort of forgive what happened in a way um and then for him, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not making sense, but yeah. No, I get it. Like, he has to forgive what happened to him. And he had to forgive uh, Nikolai for taking his choice away, which choice is something he, as we know, like, he really values. So, oh, my gosh, we didn't even talk about this. Sorry, I'm jumping. If you're still continuing with uh, Nikolai and Sebastian. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. My question. Guys, Reagan, how'd you guys uh, deal with her um, reveal? About Wait, what was her reveal? About her like <laughs> berserker that apparently is supposed to return. Oh, I I'm very. Wait, 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 what? Wait, wait, wait. No, remember when um, uh, Reagan was helping Katrin with like the first test and like she's driving the snowmobile mm-hmm. and like she's talking like about yeah. how Nick said um, Reagan's berserker is coming back and 
like he's gonna be making an appearance back soon and like he basically always dies every time they consummate their relationship he dies right after Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah so she's trying to avoid being back in new orleans because she's like i don't want to i don't want to watch him die again i thought it i thought it said that he comes back whenever there's a accession that's coming Oh, I don't know. Like, every accession, he comes back. Oh, okay, then, yeah. In so a then different form. Because, yeah, she said that he only came back three or four times. So, yeah. I could yeah. do that. I so, think, what, I think what is that. he, then? He's a berserker. He's not, I mean, we don't know yet. So, he's just someone that just comes back? Yeah. That yeah. Is? He's like a, he's like a hmm. soul that just keeps on being... Um, like reincarnated? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's how I understood it. I don't know. No, yeah. I'm yeah, very yeah. intrigued. I, yeah, that's what they implied. I love, okay, I yeah. just love Re- Reagan. I just think her character is just so funny. Is it Reagan or Reagan? I don't know. That's a question I have. Reagan, I think. I say Reagan. Yeah. Anyway, so how'd you guys feel about that situation? Uh, intrigued. Okay. Give me that's more. Good. That's why. That's why I thought she was the next book. Oh, well, not the, right. the not the fourth book, but the fifth book because she's a lot in in uh, in Sebastian's book, and then she's a lot in Bowen's book. So I really thought she was going to be next. A lot has to happen before her book happens. So how further down is she? So like book ten or eleven. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So a lot happens. Yeah, though. no, a lot needs to happen because, like, I don't know, I. It's great. Like, her story is so good. Because you all know I love reincarnation. Mm-hmm. So, like, the story of, like, her and, um, what's his, what's his name? Aiden? He has a name. <laughs> I'm trying to pretend like I didn't read it. But, yeah, his name's Aiden, okay? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah, know. Yeah. He, isn't that in the next book, though, that we know that? No, I think, no, Reagan that? touches upon it when, like, um, or Catherine touches upon it when they were, like, driving like trying to escape and then like they t- that whole scene that whole scene was so funny right i'm just like reagan singing the same song over and over again with like her disco boots whatever the frick that was <laughs> just she's so funny wait was she wearing disco boots i think you might be talking she about was. scene. no it was that scene I think. oh okay it was okay she's wearing like disco boots but yeah Anyways, so I mean, I'm happy that you guys are intrigued because there. Okay, her book was the reason why I really wanted to jump back into the series after book one, or I guess book two, huh? Hunger Like No Other. After I finished that book, I stopped reading any of the books because I was like, yeah, no, not for me. But then I read the synopsis for Reagan's book and I was like, yep, back in. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to switch places with any of the characters? But I felt like, I don't know, what do you guys think? Would you like to switch char- places with any of the characters? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do the competition if I was Catherine. It just, it seems like too much work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll see, maybe the next book, but no, not in this one. Unless I switch characters with a nymph, because then I get, like, all, all, the, the, all the characters. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I love how it's mentioned at some point, like, Catherine goes back to, like, her London flat. And she's like, he literally moved he in. He did, man. <laughs> like, Sebastian has just moved in. His toothbrush is there. His, like, clothes. His razor. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, quotes that you'd like to share? 
these books are not very quotable. That's that's one thing I've noticed. Yeah, no, I didn't get any for this one. Me either. Mm. Like, there's it's there's not much that like jumps out. Like, it's mostly it, it would be mostly like funny moments for me. I really like that scene with with Nick's where Nikolai Mist and Nick Nikolai Mist and Nick's were talking. Like, I thought that part was so funny when they were trying to figure out where Sebastian was. Like, that's one thing that I loved. I also love that they call Nick's, like, knocking butts. Fuck Nick's. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. poor girl. But, yeah. I hope she gets a book. I really yeah, do. Same. I would love to read more Me about too. her. Me too. Guys, I love Nick's. And I think she deserves a happily ever after. But can I also say, like, seeing a little snippet of Fury, I'm like, I actually don't know if I like her. So, like, I don't oh, really no. care if she gets a book. Yeah. I'm not intrigued of to read about her. I don't know enough yet to know if I would want hmm. Fury's, Fury to get a book. I don't know. I just like the way they talk about her. I guess, like, I get it. She's old school. She's been alive for, I don't know, how many thousands of years. But, like, yeah, I don't know if I really care for her book. I don't even care. Okay, question. Spoiler question. Does Fury ever come back? Not that I know of. Not yet. <laughs> So, like, if she stays in the water, that's fine with me. That's so surprising, though, because ever since she was mentioned in book one, I could have sworn it was, like, preparing you for her to come back. So it's surprising to me that you say 20 books in, she still has not come back. Maybe it's, like, the big finale. (laughs) 20 books in. What do you mean? I'm not 20 books in. I mean, it's 19 books. Oh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really 19 books? I think Munro's was supposed to be 19. 19? I think so. Mm. Which is so weird because recently I've, I've like stumbled upon like three if not four books with like a competition site type of uh, plot. And I'm like, what is going on here? Why is everyone writing competitions books? I don't even like them. Why am I reading them? I don't know. Well, I mean, you're mm. reading them so you can get to La Faire. I just hope I'm not hyping this guy up so much so you guys don't enjoy his book. I'm so nervous when you get to that book. Seth, it better be amazing. Shut up! Don't say that, as <laughs> You're canceled, if not. <laughs> okay, I did have a quote, though. I did, I did find a quote that I really liked. So this quote is about Sebastian, like his inner thoughts, and all that. Okay, so all the choices he'd made to direct his life and all of the choices that, he, that had been taken from him had conspired to bring her to him. His endless years at the castle, though he'd been alone and wary, had been a worthy sacrifice to have her. Sebastian was meant to call her his own, the good and the bad. She'd been made for him and he for her. Like, I love when, that's like when he realized that, wait, all that suffering and all that pain and all that hating on himself was it was worth it. Which is another theme in this series so far. It's like, they've all, all of these characters have endured, like, so much pain. And ultimately, it's always, it's always... Well, you know what? It was worth it for this moment. And even if I don't get any more of it, of this, it was worth it for this one moment, you know? But I also think for Sebastian in itself, he was so suicidal. And it's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think him finally realizing that all that pain that he had suffered and all, like, that hate he subjected himself to was worth it because he found his other half. He found his equal. And despite everything, despite her hating him, Because I don't think at that point she was, like, you know, all for Sebastian. It was just, like, he doesn't care because, like, finally having her in his grasp was, like, that was that meaning for him. Like, his life had meaning now. But, yeah, I just love that guy. All right, time to rate 
rate our uh, characters. So it's we've read we've read three, yeah. right? It's yeah. Three. yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I felt like we've read... Same. For some reason... I mean, I yeah. have read four, but it feels like... More. And I think it's because of the, how many yeah. characters are involved in each book. So I think I'm going to have to go with Lachlan. Wait, starting from the bottom or for the from the top? From the top. So from number one? Right. Lachlan is your number one? Yeah, right now he's my number one. What? Lachlan? Yeah. Yeah. This is Lachlan. a plot twist. What? <laughs> okay. And you know what? I'm going to say, you know how you say you're a vampire girl? I think yeah. I'm a wolf, werewolf okay. girl. I am. Then you might like the next Oh, one. the next book is so I hope. good. I say. Yeah, I hope. I really hope I like the next okay. book. So it's going to be Lachlan. It's going to be... Um, if, if you put my man Nikolai at the bottom, <laughs> we are not on speaking terms. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Lachlan, Nikolai, and then it's um, Sebastian. Okay. Really? So, yeah. But Nikolai and Lachlan, they're like oh. real close. But Lachlan for sure. Okay, for me, I think personally it would be Sebastian, Nikolai, and then Lachlan. Because I like Sebastian's character. We're all different because for me it'd be Nikolai, Sebastian, <laughs> Lachlan. <laughs> At least we're not fighting. Well, no right one's now. fighting over anyone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think about the females? How are you going to rank them with characters? The one that you like the most to the one that you like the least or you didn't connect with as much? Mist, Katerin, Emma. I think Mist is the first and I don't know. <laughs> they're both. <laughs> I don't know. Mist, yeah, Katerin and then Emma. I mm. want to say. See, mine is Katerin, Mist, and then Emma. Really? Yeah. Which is shocking to me because I remember my first review for this book was um, Katerin, I didn't like how nasty she was to Sebastian, but now I'm like, I think I'm seeing it with a different lens. I think as we already like, I feel like it's a common like running theme with every book that we read in this podcast mm-hmm. is that we change as readers and our perspective changes and like our likes and dislikes change as well. And I think for this book, I think Katerin like had to grow as a character as well. So I think I liked her more in my second time reading the book. So she's number one for me. Missed and then Emma. Yeah, that's what's so fun about rereading, especially in the case of like a big series like that. Yeah. Um, and this is why we would love at one point to reread all the Lisa Claypass books. At least Steph and I. I don't know if S will jo- join us maybe for some you of the books. You have to. Um, but she's, never, she's never read them before. Steph and I have read all of them. You have to read Lisa Claypass with us. Yeah, but you guys will let us know if you want that because. Since we've read yeah. all of them, it'd be fun to like go back and reread. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe we'll be able to you know do a bit of a dive deep into those books since it's and maybe, not the first uh, time. You know, our favorites might change. Who knows? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the day I say that Saint Vincent is not my favorite <laughs> is the day that the world is ending. I love Saint <laughs> Vincent, but Westcliff I think will forever be my number one. I don't know what about him. You're literally the only... S has no idea what we're talking about. Oh, sorry. But you're literally the only person I know that has read all Lisa Claypass' books and prefers Westcliff. I love his character. I think because he reminds me so much of Mr. Darcy. And, like, Mm. it happened one autumn. Is that their book? Yeah. Literally reminds me of Pride and Prejudice. And, I don't know, I just loved... Westcliff. He's such a Darcy. Wait, question. Since I read the first that the 
Zero book. Again, the magic. S is red. Again, the magic. Yeah. Is he the brother? Yeah, he's the brother. Okay. I wasn't... Oh, no. I was like, yeah. When I first read that and I heard that he has the next book, I was just like, eh. He's not the next book. I'll still read it. I'll still read it because I want to know, you know, if that would change. Okay. I do love Sebastian, though. I think he's really close to being my number one. Sebastian St. Vincent is my one and only. <laughs> my one and only. <laughs> no one beats him for me. I love him, though. Anyway, Sebastian is great. Sebastian St. Vincent. So let us, know, let us know if you want us to do that. Um, we would love to uh, reread all of Lisa Playfess's books because, to be honest... They're some of the best, best books out mm-hmm. there. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Are we ending? Yeah. Do we have any, anything else to say? No. <laughs> I have a note that just reads, well, 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 would you look at that? The plague again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The plague has been mentioned in every single book that we've read so far. Even Slow Heat had like a play like disease yeah. that killed all the women <laughs> oh my gosh it does it killed all the females in the time of the coronavirus this is not what we want to read about <laughs> mm. oh okay um so i i stand corrected so i thought that she didn't fully say that she loved sebastian until after she got her sisters but that was a lie and i have a quote to prove it because she's like um uh just like when they were just about to go save her sisters um she tells him i love you and then he's like i'll never tire of hearing that he nuzzled her ear and rasped against it maybe one day you'll come to love me as much as i love as i do you she frowned and pushed up on his shoulders i happen to adore you vampire her hands laced around his neck and she twined her fingers in his hair as a matter of fact i love you more and i'm like Oh, gosh. Okay, so you do love him. So that was before she got to save her sisters. So I stand corrected. I'm like, I think it was like amazing for her, like to see her journey of love because she literally spent thousands of years without feeling anything. And then all of a sudden, a vampire comes barreling into her life. It's all like hitting her at once. Yeah, sure. Like, just imagine not having felt anything, nothing, just being like a blank slate for hundreds and hundreds of years and then suddenly you meet a person that just brings it out Mm -hmm. of you like it would take you a while to get used to that person because that's scary as fuck you know yeah but yeah i just thought it was a cute i love you yeah no it was i love you more (laughs) (laughs) but then it just reminds me of like rapunzel and gothel and tangled i love you more what and then She's like, and then Mother Gothel's like, I love you most. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. She's she's the most evil out of all Disney mothers, I would say. But then you got Uncle Scar, and Uncle Scar. Well, she's not really the mother. But... Uncle Scar was a pretty bad, like, adult Uncle figure. Uncle Scar was sexy. <laughs> Marge. Marge. He literally killed Mufasa. <laughs> Who cares about Mufasa? Everyone's like, Mufasa died. I'm like, Scar is hot. This is why I'm not a Disney person, all right? I didn't grow up with them. Okay, but his chosen one, what's his name? Kovu. Kovu was hot AF. Kovu. Kovu was, Kovu is literally Kylo Ren. Yeah, that was literally Raylo before (laughs) Raylo. Period. Have you seen that one, S? The, the, 
Lion King 2? I think I have, years ago. Oh, I, I, okay, I literally just rewatched it on the weekend, and I'm like, yes. I was a Raylo before I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've only seen it, like, recently, but as I was watching it, I was really taken aback by how similar it is to Raylo. Yeah, and I love how um, horny Kovu was. He literally was like, we consider a pride of our own. And, like, he does it in, like, such a sultry mm-hmm. voice. I'm like, whoa, boy! <laughs> Why do I find a lion so hot? He got that raspy voice, too. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this is not what we were talking about. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a big tangent. Down to Disneyland. I don't know why. Um, okay, who's ending this? <laughs> I was going to say it's a feat trying to like end this podcast. Ever. I know. We suck at it. We should probably write a script out. That would be easy. We, sh- we probably should. Okay, go ahead. I, 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 I sense that you can do this. All right, you sense it? All right. Yes, yes, you got it. You got it. <laughs> so that has been another episode of Romancing the Monsters with No Rest for the Wicked by Grassley Cole. <laughs> what the hell did I just say? No, she had it. You no, had it. I said go, Wicked. It. What the heck is Wicked? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The titles in this series are so confusing. I know. I get them confused. They are, huh? Don't even ask me the title of Bowen's book. What is it? What is it? Something Deeds? Dark Deeds? Wicked Deeds. Wicked Deeds on a on a winter's night? On a dark winter's night? See, I thought it was Dark Deeds on a winter night. Hold on. I'm going to need to say it, so let me find it. No, I think it's Wicked Deeds. Am I wrong? I think it's Wicked Deeds. Isn't it Dark Deeds? No, dark I think deeds. it's Dark Night or something for the... I don't know. No, it's wicked deeds on a winter's night. A hunger like no other, no rest, for the, no rest for the wicked. Wicked deeds on a winter's night, and then number four is dark needs at night's edge. Have, why did why is she using the same words in titles like wicked deeds, no rest for the wicked, and then dark? I don't know what the dark needs at night's edge, and then number five is dark desires after dusk. Like, why is she using all the same words? This is so confusing. So I have a question. Do the titles match the story to you guys? Do you read the story and be like, oh, like, I get the title? Not really. No Rest of the Wicked. I don't... They rested. No, I, don't, I didn't get that one. They rested. Like, they slept. <laughs> they rested. And they're not wicked. To answer your question, S, I don't think they do. But, like, I mean, obviously, like, the ones that are just, like, Lothair, yeah. McReeve, yes. Oh, yeah, and then the, the titles get super short at some point. I don't know if people were confused and she had to start, like, making the titles shorter. Mm. I mean, No Hunger Like... What? what no... A Hunger Like hunger, No Other? A Hunger Like No Other. A Hunger Like No Other makes sense. I yeah. Feel. The Warlord Once Forever also makes sense. No Rest mm. for the Wicked doesn't. And then the fourth one doesn't either, I don't think. All right, that's mm. been me trying to stall closing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so that has been another episode of Romancing the Monsters with No Rest for the Wicked by Cressley Cole. See, is that Wicked again? What the hell is that? <laughs> okay, one more time. I've got it. I feel it. So that has been another episode of Romancing the Monsters with No Rest for the Wicked by Cressley Cole. We hope you enjoyed our discussion about the vampires and the Valkyrie. Um, join us next week as we talk about The Beast of Beswick um, by Emily Howard. Our first historical! Yeah, our first historical! And 
we know S isn't really a historical reader, so we're excited to see how uh, she feels about it. <laughs> we shall see. It's a beauty in the beast retelling. Yes. And our hero is scarred, and I'm hoping for some good angst. I haven't read it yet, um, so I'm hoping for really good angst. Is he mean? I hope I he's know. mean. I don't know. I actually don't. I think I read the synopsis like months ago, and I haven't read it since. So I'm excited because I, you know, I love Beauty and the Beast retelling. So I'm here for it. You can find us on Twitter at the RTM Pod or on Instagram at Romancing the Monsters Podcast, or you can email us at Romancing the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Foes and Lovers on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me as at But This Book on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me, Seth, on both Twitter and Instagram at Pose. Pose. <laughs> pose. <laughs> This is awesome. Pose with hoes. <laughs> I was literally gonna do pros before hoes, but then that was taken and I was so mad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you can find me, Seth, on both Twitter and Instagram at pros with woes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>